Welcome back to another episode of The Graduate Guide. Today is a very special day. Uh, we're joined by our guest, Niall. Niall is uh, the founder of the company Cupsley, and uh, he has a very interesting story, having built a massive brand on LinkedIn before he's even released his product. So there's so many learnings that students can take from it. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Cheers, yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, so let's start at the beginning because, um, yeah, you have an interesting route to get in to this point now you actually didn't go to university yeah. um you worked a, a couple jobs have tried some different projects but you've you know you've found that being a founder is, is what like makes you tick um, yeah when was it you realized that, that you have to be doing something for yourself yeah so i basically grown up really struggling with school uh, the education system i later found out that i was dyslexic but i actually left school with no english qualifications whatsoever and you know, I was trying to find jobs, uh, handing my CVs, going into places and basically kept getting rejected all because of that qualification that I didn't have. Um, so I started working for my dad. It was the only real job I could get. Um, but I've never been the kid that wanted to basically work for my dad for my whole life. So that's when I started, yeah, documenting my journey on LinkedIn and just trying to create a bit of noise for myself to give myself the best opportunity. And then I kind of fell into building Cupsy along, along the way. Yes, and for those that don't know, what, what is Cupsley exactly? Yeah, so Cupsley is Britain's luxury coffee brand, uh, with phase one being a luxury reusable coffee cup, where we envision a world where luxury, fashion and sustainability intersect. So the actual product that you're building, like, what made you feel like this was a problem, like, problem that needed to solve it? Like, what, why this product? Yeah, so I've been a massive coffee lover for the past seven years, and... I was actually standing in my local coffee shop and wanted to do my bit for the planet, be a bit more sustainable. So I actually bought a reusable coffee cup and they were just ugly. And, you know, it's been sat in my, my parents' house, cupboard, gathering dust. And yeah, it was there when I thought, you know, if I were to buy a reusable coffee cup, I would like it to match my aesthetic and kind of match my style. So I remember reaching out to a couple of friends with the idea and some of them loved it, some of them hated it. But the more I kind of, the more people I asked, the more positive feedback I got. And that's when I kind of reacted to kind of create a statement piece, something that, you know, people would be proud to use and proud to hold, but the main focus being on the aesthetic and how it looks. So hopefully, you know, I think a massive focus point for Cupsy is if we want to make sustainability more popular, we first make, must make it more attractive. So that's when I came up with the idea to, you know, build a fashion accessory, but, you know, a functional reusable coffee cup as well. Yeah, I think that's definitely true because I, I've been given reusable coffee cups as well. And like, I think it's one of those things that when you get them, you're like, oh, that's cool. I'll definitely yeah. use it. And then it does, it never becomes quite like, oh, you need a wallet, you need a keys. Yeah. Like when you're leaving the house, it's not something that you like remember consciously to bring with you. Yeah. But if it was like something like you said, that like suited your outfit, like, and even people love like, you know, cool branding and, and just you know alternative ways of showing off like their style yeah it makes a lot of sense and one thing i'm curious about in the journey is you've managed to you know team up with a very big co-founder rachel rachel yeah yeah and i mean how did that come about because uh, yeah i mean she's obviously done a lot in the marketing space beforehand but how did yeah. that meeting happen yeah so i founded uh, cupsley in june 2022 and rachel actually came on board in december 2022 um, but we all met through actually LinkedIn. We were both on similar journeys where, you know, I was building Cupsy from my parents' spare bedroom, basically. And Rachel was doing the same. She was building it from her mum's house. And 
she's obviously built a massive business with because of marketing. I think she's around 300,000 followers now altogether and worked with, you know, incredible brands. Um, and I basically loved her journey of what she was doing and the knowledge that she brings within the marketing space, you know, someone I looked up to. And I remember thinking in my head, there's no way I'm going to get her to become mm. co-founder. There's no way, like, she would never respond to me if I sent her a message. So I actually went and messaged her on Instagram instead of LinkedIn. And we basically just said, I've got an idea, you know, can we grab a meeting and see if it's got legs? And she was like, yeah, I've got this space. And two hours later, we were on a call, basically pitching her the idea of what I wanted Cupsy to be. Um, and yeah, I asked her to help first. It was just to help me with all the marketing, how we can, you know, get the exposure you want with the right people. But the more kind of we went along this journey, it was like, okay, I could really do with a co-founder, someone whose skills are much better than mine within the marketing space. And luckily for me, yeah, she she accepted, which was which was nice. Well, I think that's how these these things start. It's like I think it can be made to seem a lot more complicated, but yeah. actually the process of networking and you hear that term and you think like anxiety, like lots of people in a room that you don't know and yeah. And really it can just be, you know, I'm naive, I'm young, I'm looking to learn, I think that you can help me do that. Yeah. And and like that's I think there are very few people that are gonna say no to that for whatever reason. Maybe it's like a compliment of the ego, maybe it's like, yeah. you know, it's good for them to learn from people younger than them or, or in a different space to them. And yeah, either way, it's it's a similar to a business. You just kinda of have to put it out there. And I think LinkedIn, as you've clearly identified, is a really good way to, you know, sort of speak into existence what you are. Like if nobody else is gonna give you that yeah checkbox like you know you don't know you don't know how to speak english yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I know you do know how to speak english <laughs> speaking english right now but um yeah you you need to as you said like hype yourself up how did that actual posting journey start because there's a lot of anxiety and like you know or even like fear of cringe that comes with that as well yeah so i actually still cringe now sometimes when i'm posting but it all started when Obviously, I wanted to create something for myself and not work for my dad for my whole life. And I remember sitting in the front office of his offices and I was actually reviewing Gary V's first book. And I remember writing it up and then I deleted it because I was like, I cannot post this, you know, if all my mates see it and all that normal stuff that you fear, you know, I can't do it. So I remember deleting it and the following week I came back to it and wrote the exact same post and then published it. And it was the worst post I've ever put out, but it was just a starting point. And I think... You know, a lot of people struggle with the starting phase, where I think that's the most important phase. The starting is always the hardest, the most that you fear. But now, you know, a year and a half on this journey, without that post that I would have done, I would never be meeting the people I am today. You know, the likes of Mark Randolph, that's connected with me, CEO, co-founder of Netflix, you know, Ben Gallagher, Looks Collective, all these kind of people that I'm now connected with. I never would have done that if I didn't didn't press post on that first post. Yeah, and uh, I think... When I started posting, I always like to sort of hide behind the fact that I'm a student and yep. there's no real expectation for me to be like good at this or understand yep. it at the beginning. And I think people have sort of different motivations for when they feel comfortable yep. to begin doing it. And do you think from what you said there, yours was maybe a little bit more from like that desperation feeling to like yep. change your situation? Yeah, I 100% think it was that kind of last resort, you know, I've got nothing else to give really you know couldn't find a job was my rugby days because I played professional rugby back in the day as well and when I 
kind of broke my leg and stopped playing that, it was, I was desperate. Like, I don't, I don't want to be that person that works with my dad. You know, I've got a twin brother as well. He was at Microsoft smashing it. And then there was my other brother who ran his own business. And they were just like, yeah, not, not for me to work for someone else. Let's, let's try building something for myself. Yeah, and in the same way that you can have different things that fuel your reason to start something or, or post or anything, the actual concept for a, you know, a business idea, you can be really passionate about an idea, but I think maybe what's more like motivating to keep on doing it and like understanding your reason for doing it is to actually be like annoyed that the solution that you want to give doesn't exist. And yeah. I guess that, that, that's where you know, that product design came in. And then actually the ability to take that and then, you know, essentially pitch it to your now co-founder. What was it in the initial days? Because I don't know if it's the same product now as I'm, I'm sure it probably would have changed a little bit. Yeah. Like, what do you think she bought into in the early stages? I think she's a massive coffee lover as well, which is always a benefit. But she's had the same struggle of, you know, she was buying our competitions, kind of reusable coffee cups. And she said the exact same thing. Most of them are not that high end in quality and the aesthetic that we're trying to present just wasn't there. Um, so I think she bought into the aesthetic of what we're trying to achieve. But the, the further like along the journey we came, we noticed more gaps within the whole coffee industry that we kind of want to poke at and see if we can make a dent in it. Yeah, and no, it definitely seems like you're already doing that even without the products out there. And I think like obviously when in the sort of lead up to the release, there's a bunch of different ways that you can market a product. You can go down like paid advertisements, but you've almost, between you and your co-founder, got like what a lot of people and business owners yeah. don't have. It's that sort of natural free marketing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, one of your, your posts, they all seem to like, you know, from the outside looking in, like completely bang, like <laughs> always like at least 300 plus likes. And, and you say you still like cringe about putting them out there. Does that like, do you still get like that anxiety about how that post is going to perform, knowing that that's like your your core form of marketing at the moment? If I didn't, I would lie. I still last year was a massive kind of you know I was always looked at people um, that were kind of doing really well in the space, but they were nothing to do with what I'm doing. They were all in the the personal branding space, the agency world, and I kept looking at them, and they were like absolutely smashing it, and they deserved it. But it wasn't that the people that I wanted to connect with because I wanted to reach out to startup founders and people like that. And when I started, you know, focusing on me more and starting looking in my direction that I wanted to head in, less pressure was on me. And it's weird because my post started performing even better when I started looking inwards, not outwards. Um, so, yeah, I definitely. Yeah, still still cringe, but it's getting easier now and there's not that, you know, I'm just telling my story. So there's not a lot of pressure on me to every post has got to do well. It's If I can help one person, that, that's a win for me. Well, it, it is interesting mentioning personal branding and, and people with agencies in the space and like absolutely no disrespect to them. Like I know everyone knows how important it is and yeah. like, you know, that they could be working for some of the top clients, maybe just don't have the time to do it, but need to build a personal brand. And I think, you know, if you look back at like people like Richard Branson, for example, yeah. like he's in my, like my eyes, the per person who pioneered that need to have a, like the brand associated with yeah. the founder and yeah i mean you could have very easily and i think even maybe for a bit you did go down the agency sort of yeah. route but did you find it a lot more powerful to latch it on to an idea like like you know to a business and, and, and want to be seen as 
a founder of like a product, a, a company that someone can use instead of just maybe the agency sort of thing? Yeah, if I, I obviously ran a personal brand agency in the past as well. And I think if I'm being totally honest, it was, again, that desperation. I just wanted to jump on the next trend because it was, it was on the upward scale at that point. Um, but it just wasn't something I was passionate about. And all the time that my passion projects, you know, during COVID, I started a clothing line just because I got bored and things like that. I've always been creating something from nothing to something. And I think having a physical product is so more meaningful to me because you see it from, like I said, literally nothing. And now you've got a physical product in your hand that people potentially will buy. And I think that gives me a lot more, a lot more drive to see it, to see it succeed than kind of a service base does. Yeah, I feel like from what you said, your your family are quite entrepreneurial and, yeah. and, and driven and you know, at the end of the day you are a product of your environment and, and given that you didn't go to university and, and you know, maybe there weren't many people doing the same route as you, other than your family like your family being around you, which I'm sure again was a big support, um, what were your steps to actually surround yourself? with people like like-minded people that could sort of motivate you and drive you and feel like you know yeah you're on a journey sort of with them I think that was tough because I never really had anyone that kind of you know outside of my family really believed in me at the beginning all my friends were the ones that would always go out partying and everything like that but I was just really driven to make something and it's actually funny now because I look back at the journey and no one was there when I started this and ever since I started on LinkedIn, all my closest mates now are all other creators that are building businesses and uh, documenting their journey on LinkedIn that I would never have met if I didn't. So I think that's what LinkedIn's really given me is that platform to meet people that are on the same journey as me, that we're, you know, I never have all the answers. Um, and the most successful people I've met are there to guide me and help me now. Um, so yeah, I've never really had that supportive kind of system outside of my family that I can remember anyway. Yeah, we're, we're probably going through a similar thing that happened to sort of the title YouTuber being a YouTuber. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, it, like even though I consumed it, it was definitely like, you know, the Simon, they were kind of seen as like, like kind of loserish yeah. or, you know, yeah, definitely the mainstream didn't appreciate them. And now like everybody's seeing, like, except, you know, growing up going, I want to be a YouTuber, I want to be like that person. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, even when I first downloaded LinkedIn at the start of university, I, just the whole like way you like sort of congratulate people and like the way you have to comment yeah. or whatever like it is definitely a barrier to why people would start doing that just as like you know, a normal person who you just yeah you, you don't really ever want to put yourself out there in the firing line to your friendship group yeah because there's already enough material as it is um but then i think the really refreshing thing that, that happened for me is that you realize that okay, everybody's trying to find their own way to find a career they love. Yeah. Like, whether that's, like, you know, relentlessly applying to spring weeks in the library to get, like, that consulting job. Yeah. Like, how different, actually, is it to, you know, they use that language on CVs and applications, putting it out there and actually generating your own sort of career path. I don't see, yeah, the stigma around it anywhere near as much now. Um, I don't know, is that something you sort of have experienced? Yeah, I think it's getting more more comfortable you know I think we spoke about this a bit off camera like everyone's now got to try creating their own noise for themselves and give them the best opportunity to like you mentioned find their own career path and I think it is getting a lot more normal for people to support others just going for it 
uh, definitely in the younger generation, you know, look at the Gen Z kind of millennial area. But we, we mentioned it as well about, you know, you've got to show your talents. You know, you, if you're a creative, create your portfolio, send it to as many people as you can. People think it's bragging, but at the end of the day, you've got to create your own future, create your own career. And that starts with putting yourself out there and finding the right people to attract. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that whole sort of misconception of being a creative as well, you sort of touched on yeah. there, like you have to be good at art or an actor or whatever. Yeah. Like, I think I never saw myself as creative at all. My sister's actually in the audience and like, you know, I got stuck drawing stick, man. I wasn't, I have a very artsy like family, but yeah, for me, I was like, well, I'm just a sort of maybe history student, you know, yeah. did okay in exams kind of guy. But then when you actually need to sort of generate that authenticity of voice online and like, you know, maybe even go against the sort of AI that's happening right now, you do need to be a creative every day when you're posting, you need to wake up and think like, what's a creative hook? What's a creative picture? What, all this stuff. So yeah, I mean, I guess you probably consider yourself a creative, a creative more than you started now. Yeah, I think so. I've learned, I've learned a lot along this journey. Um, and I'm becoming more creative because more of the downsides than the positives, you know, I think a lot of people are nervous about making the mistakes and going wrong. But I think without them kind of downward moments, I wouldn't be where I am today because they're the, the biggest learning phases that you'll have is the ones that don't perform best or, you know, in your career where something goes wrong. That's the moment you can kind of change. As long as you're willing to look at the data and, you know, kind of plan around what worked, why it didn't work and figure it out and adapt accordingly. Um, I think you can go far in your in your career. Yeah, for sure. And I guess when you first you know finished school and you were looking for a job, you now have a very different idea of what you know, your your dream career would look like. Yeah. Do you think that like Cupsy and, and everything you're doing there, like, is do you see yourself as this is my like baby, this is my my project like that I've found I want to stick with, or is it just like you're constantly going to feel like you're on to the next thing, right? So I used to be the person who jumped to the next thing all the time. But now, you know, this is my passion project. I've been at it for two years nearly now. And seeing where it's coming from to where it is now, you know, I just love it. I just love, like I mentioned, seeing something from nothing to something. Um, so, yeah, I definitely want to stick at this for, for a long time. But I also want to, you know, my long-term goal is to be able to help other people. And if I can kind of advise or guide people in the right direction you know that's that's a win for me as well i think a lot of people don't have that kind of person in their life that can guide them i'm, I'm quite fortunate that my dad's run a business my brother's run a business so they've been able to guide me but the people who don't actually you know be brought up with a family that's maybe you know have that privilege of being able to guide them and help them i think that would be somewhere I, some people i'd want to help and yeah guide them in the right direction I want to do a bit of a deep dive into like, the actual lifestyle and of being an entrepreneur, especially when it's still early stages and again, like the product's not out yet, but you need to sort of wake up and give yourself that motivation. Like yeah. I had a phase from when I was a student, you know, I had septile suit, I had a dissertation to submit or whatever. And then, and then like there was that gap before I started as head of events at EZA, like where yeah, I, I, I found it really liberating having that free time and being able to say yes to things that I couldn't before and, and let myself sort of rabbit hole. But yeah. 
actually like ensuring you got that like consistency and positivity from the get-go every day i found like a really manic depressive feeling yeah so what are you doing in your life at the moment and like the learnings you made from you know in the beginning of the process to actually yeah hitting that productivity every day so i used to be that person who had that two-hour morning routine it was like ice bath run and gotta go to the gym everything like wake up at 5 30 i used to be that guy but now like speaking again speaking to the people i've got around me who are the most successful no one's life's like that you know they're focused on being productive over busy and when i speak to the most successful people now it's like if they're less busy one day that's when they're going to be spending time with family recharging doing all that kind of stuff but when they are really busy that's when they need to put um yeah when they are busy that's when they need to be the most productive and get the work that needs doing doing so it's kind of balancing you're you're the only one who's given yourself yeah that those tasks though do you know what i mean that's yeah. that's what i found it. like I, I think you know, things you need to do yeah i think with rachel as well it's like we've got we've got stuff to do let's let's do it okay. and you've got if you're in it for to build a startup you've got to have the passion to get up and motivate yourself to do it i think no one else can do that for you except you and it's either you're going to have the drive to do it or you're not going to have the drive to do it and if the most successful always want to see the little checkpoints get ticked off because you always have that end end goal in sight but then it's about chopping them down into little checkpoints that will move you forward you know one percent you know if you can get one percent better each day you're gonna you're gonna get to that end end goal in the end so i think it's just about splitting them up in smaller tasks and then going for it because you're the only one that can do it. it's a very hard question because yeah no one else can do it for you except you I agree as, as a principle, that's the point you've got to get to. But I, I want to ask on behalf of the person who might be listening to this that's like, you know, maybe still in bed, like find it hard to be productive. Maybe they have a lot of ambition and they see themselves as this person that, you know, oh, I, I could do that, I'd get stuff done. But actually, like maybe going from some, somewhere where you're not feeling productive to a point where you can be on your own. I feel like there are stages in the middle, like you may not have the answers, but has, has there ever been a period that you felt you need to get yourself out of a rut? Yeah, I think I'm quite lucky that my circle is always, they're doing the exact same as me. And I think when you see them doing it, they kind of motivate you to do it as well. You know, there is days where I just slump and I don't do anything, if I'm being totally honest to you. There has been days like that. But then, you know, you might go on Instagram and you see, you know, is he doing something? You're like, oh, God, I need to be doing something now. And then it just pulls you out of bed and you go and do it. Um well, that, that kind of is the answer. Yeah. It's like finding that circle. Isn't it? Like, yeah, finding that because, circle. That... Yeah, ultimately, yeah, you are the only one that's going to do it. But that accountability does help if you can generate it in other ways. Yeah. Um, you know, even like the accountability I've given myself with this podcast now. Now I've got a team of, of other students. I wanted it to live beyond me. And like, and I feel like a duty to, you know, do it for, for them now yeah. as well. And I feel like, yeah, the more of those you can create for yourself, the better, right? Like, yeah, one hundred. I think put yourself in uncomfortable situations. For example, for you, it could be you just hire a ton of guests or ask a ton of guests to come on. And it's like, all right, I've told them that I'm doing it now. I've got to do it. There's no way of backing down from this. And if you can do that in a business sense, you know, say that you say to yourself, promise people that you're going to do something. It's very hard for you to go back on your word if you're going to going to do something. So put yourself in them uncomfortable situations that you've just got to do it anyway. Yeah, for sure, and. I, and I know you didn't go to university, but I feel like at uni you, you can join these like accelerators, right? Like startups, and they're great for teaching you 
the core basics of a business, but they're not actually going to really compel you to go and go ahead with it and do it. Like a lot of ideas get lost in like the ideation stage or the validation stage. And, and I feel like, you know, just starting on something, even if you know that's not going to be directly what the business becomes, like that's kind of you know, with the podcast, it was like that for you, you know, sort of posting on LinkedIn and different projects that like preceded this one now. Yeah, I think there's definitely that element of, yeah, just needing to start something because I think at school, you know, for better or for worse, I know you said you, like academia wasn't necessarily your thing, but you have those people going, you got this score, you've done well, but you don't have those people after. Like, yeah. even at university, nobody cares, Yeah, like, how you do. Professors, whatever, like, they give you the means to do well and it's up to you yeah. to do that. Um, so I think having that different, like, metric of success is important like what does a successful day look for you like for you then uh, at the moment i think successful day to me is just moving forwards i think everyone sets a successful day as in they've got to achieve you know they've got to do five or ten tasks a day and that's a successful day but i think just getting that one percent better each day is a success to me you know if i can tick off the biggest task on my to-do list that's that's a win and that's you know Com ah, it's the compound effect really if you can just keep getting one percent better over time it's going to be the biggest reward that come, comes your way one thing i realized doing in this podcast is sort of demystifying what, whatever i can really in the world of careers and i think a lot of things is like I, i've been noticing you know like quotes that you thought oh yeah whatever or yeah. like they're a bit cringe and then you start saying them yourself because you understand the context of it yeah i feel like you know when you started, you probably might have listened to someone going like, get better 1% each day. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. whatever. But now you are like saying it. Yeah, what what do you think maybe that, that, that context is for, for being able to say that? Like to, to actually really go from hearing it and understanding it to genuinely believe, believing it and living it every day. I think it's that moment where you see a shift in the results that you're seeing from you know, like I said, a year and a half of building this and now I'm just starting to see a big spike in kind of the people I'm meeting, the results I'm seeing. Mm. You know, it, I think a lot of people expect it to happen very quickly and I've been guilty of it in the past. You know, you listen to it 1% better and you do it for like two weeks and you're like, why, why have I not seen anything? But then yeah. the, when you, you know, open your vision up and you look deeper, it's okay, a year later now, these effects really have been having a massive change in my life and other people's lives. And I think that's when you really realise the 1%. Mm. And you, uh, you just raised investment. Yes. Um, let's talk a little bit about that as well, because I guess that's the thing that's really going to elevate your, your brand yeah. to the next level. And, and you know, I guess that's what the, one of the shifts you're referring to is that, that you've done all, all the groundwork and things are in a really good place, but then that shift happens. Yeah. The actual process of pitching to investors, what's some like key tips there for students listening? Well, I can't give you any advice on that because mine's kind of a, a weird situation that we started working with a design and product agency um, back in March and we've gone through all the process with us and we were looking to finalise our packaging design and everything like that. And it was actually then that they, they offered actually there to invest in our company um, where they've been through the whole journey with us kind of watching what Rachel and I've been documenting on 
uh, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, all the things like that. And it was actually them that came to us. Um, so I think the advice I could give mm -hmm. was, you know, document your journey because that gets you in the eyes of so many people that might not have seen you. Um, so yeah, I'm, I can't really advise on that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I think in itself a really unique and what I think just shows a different way of going about doing it because, you know, you do hear some horror stories about yeah. like how, again, like quite mad depressive it can be just like, you, know, you could have the best CV ever and the best product and, you know, do 50 ap applications and just not get it, especially in this climate right now. So the ability to bring people to you is, yeah, it's a really cool one. And I think people can learn from it. Yeah. And I think it's, again, like showing people what you can do because they've known you've been on it for a year now and you haven't stopped and you haven't given up. It's not a case of, you know, we can do this. It's you're showing them that you can do it and they really buy into that and they, you know, they realise more about you as a person because um, a lot of, you know, when I speak to people who have raised investment, the reason they are investing is, yes, they've got a kind of a good idea and a good kind of starting point, but it's always about the founder or the person that they're buying into. Mm. You know, qualifications aren't everything, but they look at you as a person, your attitude. Can you continue to learn? Can you adapt? You know, AI, can you start learning AI because it's getting massive, you know? So it's always about, yeah, learning as you go and showing that you're, that you're the person that they can buy into. Yeah, and I think LinkedIn is a really good way to build that reputation so that, yep. you know, if it's not an investment, like means reaching out to someone without having ever post, you, you can have like all these experiences and you look great, but like now when someone reaches out to me, whether I reply or not, it's a lot to do with like, you don't even need to necessarily put up content, it's what they're interacting with. It's like just showing that you're not bullshit anymore. Yep. Like, and I think, that's again what why the investment came about. It's like you built that reputation for yourself, and yeah, I think as we sort of near towards the end of the episode, the, there's a question that I really like to ask every single one of my guests. And when you first started out on this journey, and let, 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 I normally ask about career, but let, let's use it as a specific example, being your company. You would have had a certain idea of what success in, would be for that. And then fast forward, you know, so many things have happened. You've met people that unlock new doors, like broaden it to different horizons. Where do you actually see the success of this reach? And what has it become from where it started? Oh, that's a good question. So where I see Cupsy going, really? Yeah. Is we want to be the most luxurious coffee brand in the world. That's, that's, that's the vision we, we see as, as a brand and a, as a business. So yeah, and that's coffee cups, coffee, coffee cups, coffee stores. That's that's the long term vision. So we've got we've got a three phase build, and we're we're at phase one at the moment, and then you know grow the brand, and then hopefully, yeah, go global, which is the plan. And the salvages. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love it. If, yeah. if they're listening. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, I'll definitely be a user when it comes out, I and uh, look forward to it. So uh, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, cheers.